So yesterday we talked about the tension between innovation and consistency and stability and that you need these two forces. And we talked about the, uh, the idea of the solar calendar and the lunar calendar, how the one represents Chidush and the other represents Shana, which is repetition. Uh, there's some things where the old has to be held onto and repeated and repeated and repeated. And there's some things where one has to be innovative and new. Um, after Zrib Shoal, who's out of town, but he's listening to the shir as soon as it goes online. And he uh, sent me a note that in Chassidus, let's talk about that's the difference between Tfila and, and Limud. Limud Torah is about Chidush, Tfila is about the same davening every day. So you've got those, those same two ideas. And of course, there's the, um, uh, the Nativ, it talks about the difference between the first Luchos and the second Luchos. And now we have both of them in, uh, included in what we have as Torah. The power of the first luchus would have been, if we only had the first luchus, there would have been no chidush. It would just have been knowing what's there. It would all have been very clear. There would have been no room for innovation, for lomdis, and for chidush in Torah. But the second luchus, which were written by Moshe, uh, by Moshe's hand, it was a partnership between Hashem and, and the human being. That's the second luchus, is the Torah that we have, that we learn, which is a combination of that which has to be known and repeated and and. Uh, and, and so on, and that which has to be innovated. So today we take that idea a little bit further. And the person who's at the center of our story is Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkanis. Um, Rabbi Eliezer is a, a central figure in, in Mishnayas, in Bryces, and of course in the Gemara itself. Um, he lived at the end of the, just before the Churban and, and thereafter the, the time of the Churban. Um, time of Rabbi Akiva, he was part of all of that group. And he was the famous person in the Tanur Shobet Achnai, that famous story with the Machlechis, Rabbi, Rabbi Lezer and the, and the Chachomim, and where he said, if I'm right, let the walls cave in, let the river turn around, go the other way, let the tree uproot, and eventually the Chachomim said, you keep out of this, you've taught us that we must make our own Psachaloche, um, <coughs> and, and we have to follow the Rov. Uh, Shalu at Rabbi Yezer, they asked Rabbi Yezer, Ploni Maulo Elam Habo, a particular person, Rabbi Yezer, do you think he's going to make it to Elam Habo? And then that f- there follows in the Gemara a series of, of strange questions they ask him, and even stranger answers, where the answer doesn't answer the question at all, it just deflects the question. Uh, and it lists a whole lot of questions that they asked Rabbi Yezer, and each one of them he deflects. And then the Gemara says at the end of that, It's not because they, um, it was too difficult for him to answer uh, or, or that, that he was trying to push them aside because he wasn't, didn't want to get involved in the answer. Simply it was that they asked him questions, the answers to which he never heard from his rabbi. He knew the answer, but he'd never heard it from his rabbeim, and therefore he wouldn't, he wouldn't give the answer. That's what the Gemara says. Um, so that goes back to, uh, it, it, we see that in several places in Shas. One of the well-known ones is in Sukkah Daf Kavches, Tanu Rabbonon, Once Rabbi Yezer was having a, a Shabbaton up in, the, up in the Galil, he went there for Shabbos. So it's an opportunity, the people in the Galil had Rabbi Yezer close by, 
שאלו שלושים הלכות בהלכות סוכה, so they had 30 שיילס to ask him in matters of סוכה. שתי מצרי אמר להם שמעתי, שמונה עשר אמר להם לא שמעתי. Uh, he said, on 12 of them, he said, I can answer those because I've heard, I've been, I've been taught the answers. And 18 of them, he said, I can't answer because lo shamati. Rabbi Yudha, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudha had it the other way around. Omru lo kol dvarecha enan ela mi pi Do you not say anything you haven't heard? Do you, are you just a tape recorder? Do you not, have you got no ideas of your own? Are you trying to force me to say something that I haven't heard from my Rabbeim? There are a few things you need to know about me. Number one, nobody was ever in shul before me in the Beis HaMedrash. Whenever there was a Beis HaMedrash, yeah, like Eitan, huh? like, like Eitan there. Nobody was ever, ever, you must be a Gilgul of Rabbi Lezer, Eitan. The, um, the, uh, Nobody was ever in the Beis HaMedrash before me. V'lo yashanti b'Beis HaMedrash. And I never fell asleep in the Beis HaMedrash, no matter who was giving the shir. Lo shenat keva v'lo shenat arai. Not a deep sleep and not even a nap. V'lo hinachti adam b'Beis HaMedrash v'yatsati. I never left the Beis HaMedrash with somebody still inside. I opened up and I locked up every single day. V'lo sachti sichat chuli. And I never spoke ordinary talk. Whatever I said was linked to Divrei Torah. And never ever have I said anything that I haven't heard from my from my rabbi. Says Rabbi Eliezer. And and this this statement of Rabbi Eliezer, as I said, that appears in a few places. We see it here in Al Gemara. We see it in Gemara Sukkah. We see it elsewhere. Is a piece that Chaim Shmuel Levitz used to speak about very, very often. Um, and th- there's one famous Shmuel which is brought, which is, uh, which is in the Sefer, which was in the, uh, the Yorzeit of his Rebbe, who was Rabbi Yeruchim Leibovitz, the Mashkiach of Mir. And Rabbi Yeruchim himself was a Talmud of the Alta of Slabotke. He was a Talmud of Rabbi Simcha Zissel, who was a Talmud of Rabbi Sorol Zalante. And he was a Talmud of the Chofetz Chaim. So when you, when I think of it, and when you, you don't even appreciate it fully at the time, when I was sitting at the feet of Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz, listening to him, he used to give a Shmuel once a week, apart from his, his daily shir, he used to give a, or several times a week shir, he used to give a Shmuel once a week. So you would think, Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz, everybody has his Sefer. How many people were at Yerushalayim, Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz is speaking. How many people would there be if Chaim Shmuel Levitz came to Ranana? We would have a full house. How many people were there in Yerushalayim? I don't think there were 200 that would come to, 150 maybe, 160 would, would come to the Shir. Uh, I used to learn Chumash with him every Friday night around his table in his house. There weren't even 12 of us. Uh, so you, you, you know, at the time, one doesn't realize who you're with. You realize later, Chaim Shmuel Levitz is a Talmud of Rabbi Yeruchim. And, and Rabbi Yeruchim is a Talmud of the of the Chofetz Chaim of 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 Rasim Chazisel of the Altar of Slabotka. That's the kind of connection. So when you're learning from him, that's the Torah that you're learning. You're learning the Torah of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, uh, the pure Torah of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. And Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, apart from his own greatness, um, the Vilna Gaon said when somebody once was talking about his yichus and was, he was tra- 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 
and he was tracing his teachers back to Rabbi Shor Salanta, and then he was going further and saying, Rabbi Shor Salanta was the Talmud of Rabbi Zundel, and Rabbi Zundel uh, 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 goes back to Rabbi, Rabbi Chaim Velozhin and so on. And, um, and he said, we're not the Vilna Goan, I don't remember who it was. And he said, you don't have to trace any further than Rabbi Shor Salanta. If, if that's where your Torah comes from, then that's Torah Semis, that's it. You don't have to go any further than that. Uh, and these are the people that, that, that I, I was certainly fortunate enough to, to learn from. And in this Shmuz, he talks about this statement of, of Rabbi Lozab ben Hukunus, and then he used to learn the, the Ovis de Rabbi Noson. In Ovis de Rabbi Noson, it says that Hukunus heard that his son was going to learn Torah with Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, and Hukunus went to the Beis Medrash in order to publicly put his son in Cherem, and say his son won't get a, won't won't earn anything won't get anything of his of his inheritance. When he gets there, Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai realizes what's going on, and he makes sure that Hukunus is sitting right in the middle of the base of Medrash, and he calls on Rabbi Eliezer, who was young at the time, to to give the shear. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer says, "I've got nothing to say. What am, what am I going to say?" They forced, they pushed him, and the Talmidim pushed him. And he gave such chidushim, such innovation, things that no ear had ever heard ever. Things that were completely new, he gave there. So, I mean, such a statement, such a description. How many people is that said about that they said things? And everything that came out of his mouth. Every comment, every statement he made. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai got up and kissed him. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi, Emes Limadatani, my Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer, you've taught me Emes. How can this be the same Rabbi Eliezer who says, I've never said anything I didn't hear from my Rabbi? Explains Rabbi Chaim Shulevitz, that's the essence of understanding the relationship between a Talmud and a Rabbi, something which today has been utterly lost. We don't have Talmudim and Rabbeim today. We've got Google and we've got computers and we've got Sforim and we've got millions of Shiurim and we've got Zoom. We've got everything. But Shimush Talmidei Chachomim, and we've talked about Shimush Talmidei Chachomim, but to create connection with the Talmud Chachomim so that you learn the way he thinks and you would learn an integrated worldview from the Talmud Chachomim. Says Reb Chaim Shmuelevitz, "Lo shamati davar mi shelo amati davar shelo shamati mi pi Rebbe meolam." Doesn't mean I've, everything I've said I heard from my Rebbe. It means everything I've said I could have heard from my Rebbe. I know his thinking so well. I know his world view so well that this is the kind of thing he could have said or would have said. And when Rabbi Lazar says, "I can't answer because I don't know," you're asking me something that I don't. I haven't heard him speak on anything like that. I don't have an approach to it. I could quote and I know what everybody said and I could give you a million answers, but it's not original. And says Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz, I've copied out the words because they're so important. If you just quote your Rebbe's, like they said it, that's not a Talmud, that's a translator, that's a cutter and paster, that's a journalist, that's not a Talmud Chacham. A Talmud Chacham is somebody who gives original ideas which are completely aligned with the way the Rabbeim thought. But for that, you've got to know how your Rabbeim thought. And that's what I'm trying to do with you in this learning and other learning is to teach you how my Rabbeim thought, 
How did these Gedoli Yisrael thought? How did I think? How did Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz think? How did Reb Elyalopian think? How did these Reb Shimon Shkop? How did these people think? What was the, their way, their methodology? Going back to the Rishonim and to the Bale Gemara as well, the Tanoim and Amoiroim. What's their thinking? How do they see the world? What's their viewpoint? So that one can innovate and yet know that one's aligned. And Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz says that what the Talmud gets from a Rebbe is the reichoy shel emes, the smell of truth, that you can smell something and know whether it's emes in terms of your abayim or not. It fits or it doesn't fit. And you can immediately tell. You don't have to look up and you don't have to go and see the sources. And the, You can right away say, this is not, this doesn't work. I need to figure out why it doesn't work. Or, yes, this is emes, this is absolutely right. That, that ability to intuitively know what's right and what's wrong in terms of one's mesoira. And so here, once again, we see this interesting tension between Chidush and Masoira, that the approach has to be Masoira. The way you look at it has to be Masoira. The way you integrate things has to be Masoira. But your capacity to create something which is relevant for your age, for your time, that has to be Chidush. Your Abayim didn't live in this time. They can't comment on this time. But to be, so you have to be able to innovate. You have to be able to be Mechadish for the time in which you're living and for what's going on around you in the world. But it's got to be rooted in a derech halimud and a derech ha'ashkofa, which one's received from a deep, deep understanding of how Arabim think about things, how they approach things, and their method of reasoning.